Welcome to All The Things Podcast. I'm Regina Lawrence, your host. I'm a lawyer turned soulful business strategist and transformational mindset coach. I'm also the founder of the community, All The Things Business. I've created a community of women who can truly be all the things, successful, spiritual, sexual, and wildly unique, all while creating a life of purpose and passion according to our own rules. We don't have to look or be a person that societal norms dictate anymore. We don't have to play by somebody else's rules. We can be whoever we want to be, and that person can be all the things in one. Each week, I'll bring you episodes where we dive deep into business, entrepreneurship, and a whole host of topics to help us dive into who we truly are so that we can really be all the things. Welcome to my podcast. Hey guys, I know that starting a business can be really complicated, confusing, scary, and there's so many moments when you're starting your business or when you're pivoting your business, you feel really, really confused and like you have no one to talk to. I totally understand that because when I started my coaching business, I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. I felt like I tried a million things and I would hit dead ends and I would just try and try and try and try. Luckily, I was able to figure it out, but I had to take the long way. And that is exactly why I am the business coach that I am, because I've tried and I've tried and I've tried all of the things, and I know what works in creating, scaling, and pivoting your online and coaching business. If you are needing a friend, if you are needing a coach and somebody to hold your hand through this crazy process of growing your business online, schedule a free 30-minute virtual coffee chat with me. Go to my website, reginalawrence.com, and click Schedule a Virtual Coffee Chat, and we can hop on and talk about one particular issue in your business that you are struggling with right now. And by the end of that 30 minutes, I promise you that you will have a solution. Once again, it's www.reginalawrence.com, and click Schedule a Virtual Coffee Chat. I cannot wait to talk to you and help you unravel anything that you are struggling with in your business right now. Enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of All The Things Podcast. I am your host, Regina Lawrence, and today we have my girl, AZ therapist and speaker, Janelle Hedick. Janelle is a woman who I connected with in the local community here in Arizona, and if you know her or follow her on social media at Janelle Hedick, H-E-T-T-I-C-K, She is such a crack up and she's such a beautiful human being. She is a girl from the Northeast. She is from Pennsylvania. She is a Virgo. She is an Enneagram three. She is my soul sister. We found out that we are both anxiously attached women. And on this episode, Janelle and I really tap into what her journey was to become a therapist her own experience with working with a therapist and dealing with her own mental health issues, and then really sharing that with the world. Janelle is all about empowering people to step out of the mold and to be who they are. And she does that as a therapist, really largely through social media. She has a lit TikTok following that she has brought over to Reels and Instagram, and she is amazing. We really talk about the impact that social media is having on individuals, especially some of the teens and youth that she's working with and and her thoughts on that. Um, It's such a beautiful episode. I'm so excited for you guys to connect with her, to learn from her and go follow her over on Instagram at Janelle Hedick. She also said on the episode that on all the different social media platforms, that is her handle. So follow her on TikTok, on Twitter, find her on Facebook, wherever you play, go check her out. I hope you guys love this episode. Welcome back to another episode of All The Things Podcast. Today, we have a treat local to Arizona from the East Coast, licensed therapist, Janelle Hedick. Welcome to All The Things Podcast, baby. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. (laughs) I'm so excited to have you here. I also love that you actually listen to my podcast. (laughs) It's the best. (laughs) Thank you. So you know what we're all about over here at All The Things. I like to talk about all the things, all the juicy things. So I'm so happy you're going to be here and connecting and talking to the community today. Yeah, let's do it. 
So you are like me. You are a fellow East Coast girl from Pennsylvania. You are an Enneagram three. You are a Virgo and you're also anxiously attached like I am. I just learned. (laughs) Guilty. Guilty. So how how did you end up deciding that you wanted to become a licensed therapist? Yeah, I love that question. It's It's interesting. I didn't fully decide until I was in community college and already kind of started with some of my credits, but I kind of realized, um, you know, from a young age, I always was that person that people came to, to talk about things. And, you know, maybe I didn't have the greatest advice when I was a child, but I was always a very good listener and I felt, you know, valued and, you know, that I was providing value um, in those types of situations. So, when I learned about social work, which I never even heard of until, you know, I was in college, um, you know, I heard about it, looked it up and I was like, this is me like to the core, like this is who I am as a person. It wasn't even like a choice, you know, I heard about it, game over, this is what I'm doing with my life. Mm, So you knew that it's what you wanted to do. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. Like, I feel like it was created for me in like this weird way. Like when I first heard about it, I was like, this is literally everything that I would absolutely love to do because I just love to help people provide that support, you know, let people know that they're not alone, help them, you know, build skills and tools. And it was just like, you know, it felt like it was made for me. I know it's not, but let me just have my thing. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. And before you actually decided to, to go to school to become a therapist, had you worked with or had experiences yourself in therapy? Yes. So I can't remember the exact age I had to have been you know, 18, I think. So I saw my first therapist then and didn't really fully know what to expect. I knew they were kind of there for you to help you through difficult times kind of thing. And it really helped me to, you know, understand the kind of power that I had over my own life and that, you know, we aren't just, um, you know, relying on everybody else to make decisions and kind of stepped into, you know, who I was. And especially as like an emerging adult and being so young, I was like, wow, like I'm understanding the world and my place in it and from a new lens. And it was really empowering. And um, it was a really great experience. And I only left her because I moved to Arizona. (laughs) Um, How long did you work with her for? Probably a year and a half to two years. Okay. Yeah. When I started therapy, something you said reminded me of that. I, there's so many things, there were so many things about my life that I just thought like, this is just who you are, or Mm -hmm. that's just the way you are. Like how you got to that place, like doesn't really matter. And what Mm -hmm. I realized in going to therapy was like, no, like you said, like we have power over our own life and like these things happened and they served purposes in my life. But like I have power over how I show up and change and even just think about my past. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're in control and sometimes it's hard to, you know, acknowledge that, especially when you feel like, you know, for example, just with depression, like, you know, people don't feel like they can control that. And obviously like their, um, you know, outside influences are heavily weighing down on them and you're not able to really, um, harness all of that power that you have in that moment you need a little bit more support but really you know we all have that power within us to change our situations and change the way we view things and it's way easier said than done but it's absolutely possible to go from and you know for for example I'll share a little bit of my story like I went from you know being like a teenager and being very depressed and I still have depression, but it's very well managed. So I kind of went from this like, you know, super depressed, didn't like myself teenager to this person who I'm so sure of who I am. And I love like everything about myself, even if I have opportunities to grow, that's okay. But I'm coming from a place of, you know, loving myself and wanting to move forward and make changes instead of shaming and judging myself for all of you know, my shortcomings. So it really is possible. And I think it's hard for a lot of people to see it when they're kind of in the trenches. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, everybody can, you know, overcome their current situations and, you know, make it out the other side a little bit, you know, stronger and a little bit wiser. And yeah. 
I think the thing that you just described, the journey you went through of like, like learning how to love yourself and step into who you really are. Like, I love myself. I can be better in other areas. Sure. But as a baseline, I'm starting from a space of self-love. That's, I feel like that's the goal of every woman I meet. Like Mm -hmm. that is the place that they want to step into. Yeah. How do you help somebody step into that space Uh, of loving themselves so much? I love this. I think, um, you know, it depends because if we're at a place where, you know, we really dislike ourselves or even, you know, some people hate themselves and that's just the reality, you know, you can't kind of make a quick jump to, you know, doing the kind of self-love work. You really need to meet yourself where you're at. So if somebody is not, um, you know, I guess this is for the person who is kind of like in the middle, maybe neutral and is kind of working on self-love, um, trying to make that conscious effort to, you know, point out all of the strengths that you have. Maybe you just sit down and make a list of all of the good qualities and strengths that you possess and how you use these strengths and qualities to benefit your, you know, personal relationships, your work relationships, um, and just, you know, kind of, uh, narrow it down in that type of way and really expand on it and really allow yourself to soak it all in. And I know a lot of people are really uncomfortable accepting praise and, you know, even like in a closed office, like in my therapy office, like some people are still uncomfortable telling me the stuff that they're proud of just in this safe space. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's difficult. It's one of those things where if you never really acknowledge, you know, your strengths before it's like really weird, uncomfortable, whatever. Um, but just sit down, do it anyways. We're going to, we got to get over that little initial hump. This is some tough love. Just sit down and do it. Um, but yeah, like, you know, creative, um, intelligent, optimistic, empathetic, and like how all those different kind of strengths uniquely help you in all different areas of life. And you're going to find that there's so much more than you would have probably realized or that you think of on a day-to-day basis. Um, And if you need some inspiration, like, you know, look on Pinterest, I'm sure you can type in like strengths and qualities and find a lot of different examples of different words to describe yourself. Um, But that's just a really empowering way to set yourself up for that kind of success. Because obviously like what we focus on is going to be, you know, what our life becomes if we focus on all of the things that we dislike about ourselves, the more we think about that and it just becomes this perpetual cycle. So if we start to try to actively implement reminding ourselves of our strengths or good qualities, you know, and this is kind of what people do with like gratitude practices, mm-hmm. like, you know, write th- three things down every day that you're grateful for. And it's kind of the same concept, like try to, you know, acknowledge three strengths you used each day. And maybe that can be like a nighttime routine, but, you know, reminding yourself of all of the good things that you have within you, instead of just kind of being hyper-focused on all of the things that you feel, you know, bad about and, you know, shift that focus there. And that can go a long way. It's interesting. That's been a huge part of my journey to loving myself has been spending time and energy like focusing on the goodness and the positive qualities and then like praising myself because like if I can't praise myself and say like you did a fucking great job at this, I can't accept it from anyone else. Absolutely. And, you know, refusing compliments is not doing us, you know, any justice. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it takes a while to get there, but really just starting in that place is where I'd probably recommend Um, and you know, even if you find yourself having that negative self-talk, just creating a lot of mindfulness around all of this, like being aware that something's happening when it's happening is the very first step. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to get too far into like the negative self-talk, positive self-talk, but really like, you know, that's something that weighs a lot of people down. And we have all of these things that we love to just jab at ourselves and they're not very kind and they're not, you know, adding any value to us. It's only kind of holding us back and keeping us small. So really just kind of creating an overall awareness of what you're saying to yourself, why you're saying it, 
and, you know, trying to kind of stop those thoughts in their tracks instead of, you know, continuing to go on. Because for example, you know, you can say, I am this, 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 and this, but if you're paying more attention and you're creating that mindfulness, maybe you just say one mean thing to yourself. And then you're like, wait a minute, I just said that. That's not nice. You know, let's kind of stop where we're at and Mm -hmm. leave it at that. Um, So that's like one small way to kind of start working on negative self-talk is really just creating awareness and knowing that you're doing it while you're doing it. Yep. That was a huge part of my journey, like in thinking about my neurological programming and the way I talk Mm -hmm. to myself, I started to think about however I talk to myself, it's not only giving me permission to say and think those things, but I'm actually like opening up a channel for other people to say those things to me. So I started to say to myself, like I, I made a rule. You're never allowed to say an unkind word to yourself. And obviously we're human and we do. Right. So like, but I became hyper aware of it. So I would say something, even in my everyday, like common way of speaking, I'd be like, oh my gosh, you're so dumb. Why'd you do that? And then I would stop and say, you're not dumb. That maybe wasn't the best life decision that you made, but you are not dumb. And I started slowly, like thought by thought, working it one thought at a time, one minute at a time. And it, and I started to see the impact of it in my, in the way I thought, the way I felt about myself and the way people treated me. Yes, absolutely. I love that. I think that's a really good example of just, you know, making those small ch- uh, steps and conscious decisions over time and how they add up and truly just rewire the way we think and talk to ourselves. I think it's, you know, if somebody, you know, listening to this is feeling intimidated by it, you know, you might feel like you have a long way to go. Um, You just really have to start small and take Mm -hmm. those baby steps and they, you know, build on one another over time. And um, it's definitely worth it. So it's intimidating, but it's possible. And you got Mm -hmm. two ladies here. I'll tell you that it's true. (laughs) So true. It's so, so true. So something I love about you is that your self-love is so apparent and so obvious and it comes out in the way that you show up online you are not you know I think when we think of therapists just like when I was an attorney the way we think of attorneys we think of therapists like in an office in a white button-up and a pencil skirt like kind of like a whitewashed wall with a pad of paper and a pen just smiling and nodding Like that's the Hollywood version of therapy. And that is not how you show up on this planet. And I love it. So, (laughs) so let's talk about that. Let's talk about how you show up as a medical, as a therapist, as yourself. Yes. I love that question. And I think that, you know, it's something that I'm super proud of and intentional about. So, you know, when we're in school for, and I'll just speak on social work, but I'm sure, you know, counseling students get the same kind of thing where, you know, we are supposed to be this blank slate for our clients and we are not supposed to really share too much about who we are and um, not really influence the client any way, you know, no matter what that is. Um, So I was always super, you know, concerned about that because I don't have, I mean, not to say that some of the people have small personalities, but like I have a really big personality and I like to have fun and I like to make jokes. Like, you know, my current clients, like I will send them like a TikTok if I think of them because it's just another way to build that relationship. And it's also usually relevant because it's always about mental health. But yeah, I think like lately in the past, probably like five years or so, um, there's been like a lot more therapists just showing up on social media and really just showing who they are. And to be honest, like I've been inspired by seeing other people and I feel like others that I've seen even before I was licensed, um, you know, showing up exactly as they are and being eccentric and goofy and quirky and, you know, dropping the F-bombs all day or day. Yeah. Like, this is who we are. 
And I don't think it's very helpful to be, a, you know, a cookie cutter human being just in general in any job. Um, and I know some places are still like that where they're very strict and you just can't, um, you know, show too much of yourself. And I think it's very unfortunate. And I'll, I will say, I guess it kind of depends on like where you work, if you work for the state or private practice. Um, but yeah, I have like the luxury, I guess, of being able to express myself and it being more acceptable now than it was before. So for example, I mean, y'all can't see me, but I've had shaved hair for six years. I have a half sleeve on my left arm. I have two nose piercings and my septum. I have a lot of ear piercings. Yeah. Um, so really just, you know, expressing myself, I feel like, and the people that find me as clients, I think that I help give others permission to fully accept themselves or, you know, at least um, start that journey to, you know, own who they are. Well, and I think also like you're giving people permission to own who they are. You're also showing people like I am a human too. Like, yep. even though I'm your therapist, like this is a human to human interaction. And even if you're not telling them things about your life or getting too personal, they can see and feel you that you are who you purport to be. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, kind of like tying in, again, the social media presence to it, I have been just really loving TikTok and Reels. And that's like where I live. And it's my, my thing right now. Mm -hmm. I'm getting kind of famous and my head's getting big. But guys, I she's like that, TikTok. She's like TikTok real famous. Like she's fucking crushing the 15 to 30 second TikTok real game. And it's it's real good, girl. Thank you so much. But it's super cool because I've just never felt this authentic online before. Like I feel like it is just straight up my alley and I'm able to kind of like do my stupid little dance things that I just do. I do that in real life. Like, yeah. you know, what you see on TikTok and Reels is the most accurate representation of me that you're ever going to get. And I think it's super cool that I'm able to portray that in the professional way but being quirky and silly and, you know, I've been having people find me and, you know, be my client that way. And I think it's the coolest because I'm able to really show that personality. And I think they kind of already know what they're getting into when they sign yeah. up with me. So um, it's been really cool. And, you know, some people can, you know, outside looking in, maybe have questions about like, is it um, helping business or do you feel like it kind of, you know, hurts business? And I think that anytime that you're being your authentic self, you're really going to connect and attract the people that are meant to be there with you. So I've honestly like had such a great experience with pretty much every single client. Like I can just tell right away, like we're super connected. It's very easy to build rapport. And, you know, you found me for a reason, maybe because of a video or a post and you felt, you know, you know, my spirit, my presence. And that was something that connected, you know, you to me. And I just feel like, you know, sometimes you can get people sign up for you and, you know, they're just really different and not a good fit at all. But, you know, I haven't ever had any kind of problems with that. And I think that that's due to me just being fully myself all the time, especially on social media. Well, and I think what's so powerful about that, and it's something I teach and talk about all the time is, you know, building a brand online in like 2009 was very different than it is now because mm -hmm. building a brand used to be, how do I create what I want to be and what I want people to think I am so that they want to work with me? And people started to build a brand quote unquote that way. Mm -hmm. But at this point in time, people are smart and they're sensitive to people being fake and inauthentic, right? Yeah. So they, a good brand, the way it's built is showing up as you are being whoever the fuck you are and like picking the parts of your authentic self that you want to share with people online and then do, doing that over and over again. So TikTok and Reels, it sounds like have really given you the creative outlet to just fully step into who you are and share it with the world. 
Absolutely. I've had a blast. I, you know, if anybody, I feel like it's one of those things too, that's, you know, it's like a hobby and it's like self-care for me. Like I am super in my element and I'm being goofy and I'm having fun and I'm being creative. And I feel like sometimes, you know, as business owners and, you know, just people diving into their careers, it's like difficult sometimes to make time for play and that creativity. So I just love how it's a part of my life and it's not something that, you know, makes me feel bad or that's like a struggle to put together. Because for example, and I know a lot of people, you know, that listen to you are big into Instagram marketing and whatnot. And, you know, sitting down and trying to have to create those kind of content posts for five days a week or whatever was draining the absolute life out of me. And I know that there could have been more strategic ways I went about it, but I just like didn't really like it at all. I was just doing it because I want to still get more clients. But I think that in the way that, you know, TikTok is like more in alignment with me and just how I feel as a person um, and how I can express that has, you know, really helped me to, you know, continue that presence and reach as many people as possible and stay, you know, motivated and excited about the things I want to share. I also love that in your like TikTok and Reels, you share bits and pieces of your own mental health journey. Like I love that a huge part of your brand is like not only like destigmatizing mental health because of like how you're talking about it and showing up, but like you talk about yourself and you share those parts of yourself, which I think is super empowering to other people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, therapists struggle too. We're humans. It's not like we're immune and kind of going back to, you know, having a therapist. I had that one for a couple of years and I recently uh, last year, actually, like right after the pandemic started, I got back to seeing a therapist again for the first time in a couple of years. I had to increase my antidepressants during the pandemic because it was, you know, it was just extra stress that I wasn't really equipped to manage. And I was having like, you know, maybe like a month and a half or so where I just really wasn't feeling myself. And I feel like a lot of people went through something similar, but you know, a lot of people don't feel very comfortable talking about it. But when we are open about those kind of experiences and, you know, because it's not anything to be ashamed of, I think we're quiet about it because we think that, you know, we're going to get judgment from somewhere and, you know, fuck the judgment, you know? Like, I don't care if anybody thinks poorly about me for talking about my mental health. Fuck you. Right. That's how I feel. <laughs> it's Maybe so I true. Said that, but whatever. Fuck you. It's so wow. true. Well, because also, like, I feel like people who are judge would be judgmental about like somebody sharing their mental health journey. They're judgmental about it because there's something that they're not speaking or there's something that yeah. they're not talking about. And you being honest and open and authentic is just making them feel some kind of way. Yeah, it can be uncomfortable, but I mean, it's okay to feel what you feel. It's okay to struggle. It's okay to, you know, still be struggling with the pandemic. And I think that, you know, obviously you can like gaslight yourself and be like, get over it. It's been a year already, but it's still valid. And I think that's important to remember because I think that I still have that come up even like, you know, weekly. I'm like, oh, this sucks. I want it to be easier to, you know, meet up with people in person and, you know, just build on these friendships that I've created. And, you know, it's like, you know, your inner talk can be like, well, you know, you're not doing anything and you're being antisocial and you're staying home and blah, blah, blah. But like, listen, you know, we're still in this thing right now. And, you know, it doesn't need to be an excuse for everything, but it is a valid excuse for a lot of things that we're still currently experiencing. We're still in the thick of it. Yeah. Like we have no idea when it's going to end. And obviously there's a lot of good things going on with, you know, the advancements in science and the different vaccines. I actually got my first shot today and it didn't even hurt. I'm so proud. (laughs) Um, Um... But yeah, so I guess there's like a little bit of hope on the other side of that. And um, I, you know, but we still don't know how long it's going to take for everybody to get their shots. I know that, you know, majority of the country hasn't had that ability yet. 
Um, and how long will that take? Will it be through the end of the year? Like who knows anymore? So right. um, obviously, you know, we need to adapt, but also still be kind to ourselves for all of the things that aren't really possible right now, or maybe they're possible, but you know, a lot of people still aren't comfortable with getting together or being close. And, you know, I know people who haven't seen people in person for a year yeah. Like, think about that. Like, there are people legitimately out there. And, you know, I'm not one of them. My, be my bad. But, you know, yeah. I feel a little bit more comfortable getting, you know, a little bit closer. I try to still keep away from people to a certain extent, but, um, and avoid large gatherings. But there are people out there that still have not seen people besides the ones in their household for one whole year. Yeah. And, you know, they're still struggling. So I know that um, you know, it's easy to say, like, you know, we're in this, we should be used to it, but, you know, it's not really realistic. You can still have difficult feelings about something a year after or even, like, 10 years after something difficult happens. And also, like, this is, like, the way that we've been living for the past year is not how we've ever lived before in our whole lives. And it's also how as humans, like we seek and need connection to other people. Yes. So we're living in an environment that has literally been a stressor for a year. Yep. yep. And, you know, some people are able to adapt better than others. And, you know, that's a great strength to have. But, you know, there's still some people that are really struggling with, you know, all these changes. And, I have like a decent amount of, you know, ASU students as clients and like, it's just, I feel like it's devastating for them. A lot of them are, you know, imagine a freshman in college and Gosh. it's their first year in college and they're super excited to be involved in all these activities and maybe join a sorority or fraternity. And there's a lot of things that they don't get to experience and that they won't get back. Um, so that's something I feel like, you know, I have a really big like soft spot for like, you know, people having to move around their weddings and people missing graduations. Um, but yeah, like all of those concerns are very fair. And of course, there are worse things going on in the world and your problem is, you know, not that big. But that's another way we like gaslight and invalidate oh. ourselves. Like you're allowed to be upset for missing something or, you know, not having the social life you envisioned. And, you know, I want everybody to be able to give themselves permission to take a look at those things and, you know, not give yourself a hard time because nobody anticipated this. And again, we still have no idea when it's gonna end. Um, and I, if I hear like unprecedented times one more time, I feel like I'm gonna bang my head on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also like, we all have a different response to like things that are stressors in our lives. And like yeah. somebody might have a stronger ability to respond or adapt than somebody else. So yeah. like something that might not be traumatic for me might be traumatic for somebody else. Absolutely. And so we have to have compassion. One of my friends and colleagues that I do work with made a point the other day. He was talking about how he has two really small girls and they started to raise these girls in this way of like hugging and loving and affection and connecting with strangers. And he said, now my kids, it's shifted and they can't be near people. They can't touch people. He's like, me yeah. and my wife are so worried. Like, what's the impact that this is going to have on them as they get older? I mean, who's to say, but it's definitely going to impact these kids for sure. I think that's another, you know, thing that people might have a difficult time looking at. And, you know, I think when we think about, you know, the people who, you know, refuse to do any of the recommended things by the CDC and whatnot, and, you know, a, a lot of people I think can look at that and be very frustrated. And I think that, you know, rightfully so, because, you know, we have these kids who are going to have, you know, their development kind of halted because they can't have all the social interaction and, you know, kind of like what you were saying. And the college kids can't really experience, you know, finally moving out of their parents' house and then, you know, being stuck inside and literally not being able to, you know, live it up like you were expecting. I actually have a couple of clients. I, you know, I feel, um, you know, sad because some people are like turning 21 during this. Can you imagine that? 
Um, it's just like, you don't have the opportunity for things that you might be looking forward to for a really long time. Like, obviously, like I already said, like the wedding graduation turning 21, like those are big things that you don't really get back. You have to kind of just deal with, you know, life as it is. And it's challenging and it's okay to, you know, have a lot of feelings around this. Totally. Something that you and I talked about earlier, we were talking about like you and I have talked about the positive sides of social media and how you have really tapped into social media for your brand, for your business, for your practice. Um, and you've tapped into the beautiful side of it, right? The connection. But before we started filming and recording, we were talking about how there's a very different toxic side in social media that you are seeing evolve both personally, you're seeing it and you're experiencing it with your clients. Yeah, I definitely think, um, you know, the biggest concern is with, you know, kids and teens and having all of these various social media accounts. And a lot of uh, something that I've been noticing more and more is, you know, how kids will make these anonymous accounts. And sometimes they use it just as a place where they can vent online, which, um, you know, that just might be what they know at the time. Like, of course, maybe you could vent in a journal or with a therapist, but if you don't have access to that and you don't know, then you just do what you can to try to get by. So, you know, venting online and just really having all of these anonymous accounts. And what I've been seeing is, you know, people you also using those anonymous accounts for, you know, for bad reasons for, you know, evil. And I've been seeing like a lot of, um, so I don't know if everybody listening has been on TikTok before, but kind of how it works is like a lot of these videos, if somebody really, you know, people really like it, it'll get shot out to as many people possible. And you'll see videos with like millions of likes, which is not really something that you, you know, see on Instagram. It's a way different world, but with that and having that comment section open, you, you know, leave yourself open to that criticism and judgment. And I've definitely seen just a lot of, you know, evil and hate and just very like nasty, you know, things that these people are saying to one another. But of course, it's all of these and mainly it's anonymous accounts because nobody wants to be held responsible for the actions of what they say. Um, And of course, you know, I don't know what we can really do about it right now. I just, I think it's good to be aware, especially for, you know, everybody who has kids and just to be able to, you know, know that that's going on and monitor it. Um, There's one post that I remember specifically and like this girl had, you know, I didn't love her haircut. Okay. Like it was Mm -hmm. this thing and in the front she was bald, but like in the back she had hair and she did it on purpose and she likes the way she looks. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, the way I look at it, I don't love your hair, but you love it. So you do you. But when I tell you this post had like thousands of Mm -hmm. comments of people, you know, either being just plain out rude or kind of like, you know, you can still change your mind, you know, about your haircut. So like so much hate and like just nastiness and, you know, for what? So I think that it's just important to know that that's kind of going on. Um, because I know not everybody's on that platform and their kids might be, um, but yeah, it's definitely been really interesting to watch. And it's one of those things that's super discouraging for me, especially with, you know, what I try to share is, you know, you can be you and that's okay. And where, you know, everybody's valid and everybody's worthy. And I'm trying to share these messages of like acceptance and love. And then to see, you know, that going in like a whole nother direction on some of these posts can be, you know, really just like devastating. I'm trying to imagine how this person who's receiving all of this is able to deal with that. And, you know, I just, I can't imagine, I can't imagine wanting one of my posts having thousands of people, you know, telling me that I'm terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just something that hasn't really maybe been this much of a possibility until TikTok. Cause like average people, like for example, like it took me um, years to grow an Instagram following, but in one year only I have 20,000 TikTok followers. So it's way easier to gain a following. And there's a lot of these kid, like children, like, you know, not even teenagers yet that have like thousands of followers. And I'm just thinking about the impact that that has on 
their, you know, them as they continue to develop and understand their place in the world and how it works. Um, it's very interesting for it's sure. A, it's creating an interesting dynamic and in how we, as people are learning to communicate. I even a couple of years ago, like probably in the past, like 10 years, as kids are getting cell phones younger and younger, they're learning to communicate through a device or through a third party thing. Right. Yeah. And so when you're constantly communicating through an app or a device or a program, it can give you like a false sense of like, like not being responsible for the energetic, energetic impact of your words. Right. Absolutely. And it's a place where like, when we have so many things, like so much hurt or things we don't quite understand because we're young or things we haven't processed. It's like, this is this like semi anonymous feeling place where we can just kind of let it all out. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, I'm just interested to see what kind of like studies are done about this kind of topic in the future because it it doesn't seem like it's going to have very good impacts um I think I've definitely noticed like um just people having difficulty having difficult conversations like you know avoiding it um like it's you know the worst thing in the world but I think what's worse than having a difficult conversation is continuing to allow things that you know you don't want in your life and um, you know, people have very hard time setting boundaries because that causes them to be in a place where they're technically, you know, possibly being confrontational. And I think confrontation has this really, you know, bad connotation attached to it where it's just super negative. But, you know, we need to be able to allow ourselves to confront people who are, you know, causing us harm in any kind of way and put something in place to protect ourselves and, um, you know, you deserve it. You deserve to have people treat you properly and talk to you properly and, you know, all of the things. <laughs> yeah, all of the things. Well, and it also has made me, as I think about it with like people who are younger using technology, it also makes me think about the way that I use technology and the way I communicate with people. Like tone can be really confusing in a text message. So I try my best. I voice memo a lot. Like, especially with yes. anything, like I'm a sarcastic motherfucker, like <laughs> I just am, and I think I'm funny all the time. I know you're the same way. Yes, absolutely. And so, but I never <laughs> want the tone to be confused. So I heard that Tony Robbins never sends a written email. Everything he says is a video or an audio because okay. he always wants it to be clear. And so I've taken that in, like I still send some emails, but I try to send, if I'm not talking to somebody or FaceTiming with somebody, I try to do audio a lot. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that. I love the voice notes. I've been actually making like a conscious effort lately to, you know, just be checking in with more people and just leaving, you know, those voice notes like, hey, I know our schedules have been conflicting, but I'm thinking about you. Love you. Let me know if there's anything you need type of thing. And I think that that's a really cool tool that everybody can use just to connect with loved ones and friends right now if you know you might not have an energy to have this huge text message conversation because you know a lot of people aren't really talking on the phone anymore that's another big change yeah um but yeah I love that feature I think it's so fun and it's way more personable I think one thing I do on my Instagram I guess when I have time is you know like new people that follow me I try to just you know use their name in my message and be like hey Regina, you just followed me. I really appreciate that. If you ever have any feedback, you know, please yeah. send me a message or, you know, any content requests. And I think that that makes, you know, it a little bit more personal and it's fun. I have fun doing it. I love it. Do you know, fun fact, I love to talk on the phone. <laughs> yeah, me too. I I'm always, I always, to, yeah, I feel like just, I could do that for hours. It's, something that I always did, you know, because we had the house phone. Yeah. Then, you know, if you liked a boy back then you had to like call them and then you're like laying down talking about, you know, nothing on your portable um, phone or then yeah. somebody picks up the other line and you're yeah. like, mom, I'm on the phone. <laughs> yeah. Stop listening. <laughs> Doesn't that feel so old? Like it, it does, but it wasn't that long ago. And it's just yeah. wild how much, you know, 
the technology has grown since then and you know it's moving too quickly even for us to be able to keep up with you know how it's all affecting people um but yeah another thing on kind of that note of you know social media and having cell phones and texting just um causing like difficult communication and whatnot i think that one thing that we have all noticed that has been kind of more prominent or at least you know has a name to it now is you know people like ghost the hell out of each other right oh now my God. and i think it's just about something this <gasps> oh my gosh i want to talk about this so bad because it's yes. something that just drives me absolutely nuts i'm like but would you like to be treated like that no then don't do it and it's really as simple as that but a lot of people don't know how to communicate I think it all ties back to you know I don't know how to I don't know what I'm feeling so I don't know how to talk about what I'm feeling and also that makes me in a vulnerable spot and that's severely uncomfortable so I'm just going to avoid you all together and pretend that this never happened and that is you know the ultimate disrespect oh my gosh so there's two things that maybe seemingly don't go together, but go together in my brain. Okay. I think a lot about ghosting and text message conversations. So because we live in a world of texting, people expect for other people to be available to them all the time. So I'm of the school of thought that if I can respond to a text, I will, but I don't have to respond right now. Like, yeah. I respond, I will respond when I have the ability and the energy to respond, right? That's mm-hmm. my personal philosophy. But then what happens is, especially in like dating and ghosting, I have like, like ghosting PTSD from people oh. who just like disappear. They're like there and then they're gone, right? Yeah. And so in dating and stuff, if I'm texting with someone and then I don't hear from them, I'm like, oh, did they ghost me? Oh my God, did he ghost me? Did this guy ghost me? What's happening? Yeah, it's hard. And it only like makes, you know, the people, especially with that anxious attachment style, like way more anxious. And, you know, our attachment needs get activated when we're not having our needs met. So like, you know, kind of having that security almost of like, hey, I'm still here type of thing. And it's hard to read people. And I totally get like, you know, a person that you pretty much just met a lot of people don't feel comfortable, you know, being super vulnerable and, you know, like sharing that, Hey, I do get anxious when I don't hear something for a certain amount of time. But if we're not talking about it, then we're not communicating what our needs are. And we're kind of setting ourselves up for failure and, you know, not having our attachment um, system satisfied And we just might be perpetually anxious and keep going after those avoidant types. So it's really difficult. Well, and I even like the guy that I told you I just started dating, I said to him like, hey, like if you're busy or you have things going on, that's fine. Will you just say, hey, I won't be around for a couple of days? Yeah. And I said to him, because if you don't tell me that, then I'm going to start to make up stories in my brain and then I'm going to drive myself insane. Yeah. And I think that is completely acceptable and should be the new norm. And obviously it's going to take a long time for us to get that to be the new norm, but you know, it's okay to tell people, you know, a little bit about yourself and who you are and you know, how you function. Like, Hey, if I don't hear from you, you know, I might start to get really anxious and that's not your responsibility However, if, you know, you're someone who cares for me, you wouldn't mind doing this little thing to help me out. Totally. Totally. And I think with ghosting, like, because I am so conscious of it, it has Mm -hmm. forced me to have uncomfortable conversations with people, especially in the world of dating, where if I go out with somebody and it's just not going to work, I'll say to them, like, I thank you for the date. I had a great time. I'm, I'm not interested in pursuing anything further. And I absolutely forced myself to have those uncomfortable conversations, but I will yeah. not go to someone. Yeah. I think that's so important. You're doing, you're doing good work. <laughs> well, I'm trying, I'm trying hard. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, I'm also curious to see like what kind of like lasting effects are going to be coming out of this, like, you know, 
I was about to say ghosting generation. Did I just make something up? I probably did. It's but kind anyways, of a thing. It is a thing though. Yeah. But like, you know, what are the long-term effects on, you know, being ghosted so many times that, you know, maybe you were, a, had a secure attachment style and you were very confident and comfortable with yourself. And then, you know, all these people are just dropping off like flies and feeling like they don't need to communicate. The thing is, you know, if you just meet somebody, um, it's not that you, owe it to them. I think that that's where people get stuck. Like, I don't owe them anything. It was one date. I don't owe them anything. I think that, you know, it's valid. I get that point of view, but, you know, challenge yourself for a moment. Like, how would you feel if, you know, you took somebody out and you thought it was really nice and then they, you know, you message them, try to reach back out and they ignored all of your stuff and then block you on everything. Yep that is like very damaging. Like we're causing a lot of harm to, you know, other people. And obviously, you know, maybe you don't care too much about that person and that's why you don't want to pursue them, but they're still a human. And I think that, you know, there's that basic decency and respect. And even just as something as, you know, very simple as what you shared, like, you know, Hey, thank you for your time, but I'm not feeling a connection. Um, and I wish you the best of luck. Totally. And it doesn't have to be, you know, too in depth and it doesn't have to be anything, you know, wild, but just a really small sentence, um, I think would go a very long way. I agree. Every, everything that we do in life has an energetic ripple and it oh, has yeah. an effect on the people around us. Yes. And we cannot expect other people to be better if we are not better first. We can't. So, you know, girls can't complain about the fact that they're getting fucking ghosted if they're acting like an asshole and doing the same thing. You have to, it has to start with you. And if it doesn't start with you, you're just going to keep perpetuating the cycle. Yeah, I totally agree. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, girl. All right. So how do our friends find you? How do they connect with you? How do they watch all your TikTok genius? Yay. So I am on pretty much every single social platform, including the brand new clubhouse, but I'm at Janelle Hedick, J-A-N-E-L-L-E-H-E-T-T-I-C-K. And if you need a therapist, I work at Empowering You Therapy. So empoweringyoutherapy.com. And you can find me there, read a little bit about my bio. And there's always an option to book a free 15 minute phone consultation. If you're not sure on the edge or you know, just want to get a feel for who I am and how I can help you. I'd be happy to chat. Yay. Yay. Thank you so much for being a guest and for sharing all your wisdom. I know everyone's going to love this episode. You are very welcome. My pleasure. (laughs) If you guys love this episode as much as we love recording it for you, please take a screenshot, share it in your story and tag myself and Janelle. Also, I would love, love, love if you would leave a five-star review on iTunes and a comment. We want to get the message of all the things out to as many people as possible. So any love you can share is so appreciated. I love you guys. Have such a great week and I'll see you next week on the podcast. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved what you heard, I would be beyond thankful if you would share this podcast on your Instagram story and share with me what about the episode with me or with my guests that you loved. Also, please remember if you love this podcast to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes so that you don't miss out on all of the incredible guests and topics that we have lined up for you during this crazy year. And as always, if there is ever a guest or a topic or anything you would like for me and a guest to discuss, just shoot me a DM on Instagram at Regina A. Lawrence. Lots of love, guys.